What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. The return of Two White Lights. It's been a while since we released an episode, since our last one with Russ and Sean about USAPL meets being broadcasted on ESPN. But I believe I made up for it with this episode with Tim Thibodeau. He was a fan-requested interview, and I am extremely happy he came on the show because I just knew it was going to be a really good one because... He is extremely knowledgeable about the sport, passionate about the sport, great competitor himself, and we just had a really great conversation. Uh, very fun interview. We talked about you know, his origin story, how he got started in fitness, and how that stemmed into his YouTube channel and Twitch channel that has gained a lot of popularity over the years. He also gave one piece of advice for young lifters. Really good conversation about that. We talked about the current state of powerlifting and his opinion, what should change, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Another really good segment there. Also, we talked about lifters who he admired. He flattered me by saying me in there, but we got into a good conversation just about different lifters that we both started watching when we got involved in the sports. Also talked about some legacy, what he wants to be remembered for, and he breaks some news on Two White Lights. Uh, we don't do a whole lot of news breaking on the show, and there's not a whole lot of news to break in powerlifting, but he shared some great ideas and some future developments, which I love, so you're going to have to tune in for that. And of course, we finish off the show with Word Association. So again, terrific interview with Tim. Hopefully he comes on the show again. But before we get into those interviews, I got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, visit leflarbros.com and get yourself some merchandise. There is two white lights banners on Leflar Bros. You can only get them through their site. So if you go to leflarbros.com, use promo code 2WL10, you will get 10% off of your order. And also while you're there, pick up some other merchandise and apparel I've spoke every single show about how much I love their baseball tees, their tank tops, their dad hats, their beanies. It's a little warm out for beanies, but I'm still going to rock them in the gym regardless. And, of course, the greatest invention known to mankind, the fanny pack. Go to leftlarbros.com. If you use promo code 2WL10, you will get 10% off your order on anything you purchase on their site. So make sure you do that. Also, visit rivalus.net. They are my preferred supplement choice. Get yourself some pre-workout branching amino acids, creatine, protein, mass gainers, whatever you need, they got it. Use promo code ANGELO15 and get 15% off of your order. Also, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. That is the preferred equipment choice of yours truly, Angelo Fortino. I am going to wear stoic every single meet that I am in on the platform. Grab their singlet, their knee sleeve, their wrist wraps. And save some money, use promo code ANGELO10 to get 10% off of your order. And since you made it through the ad read, hit that subscribe button on iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review as well. Also, be sure to follow us on Spotify. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Yeah, from 
And as promised, I got with me 74 kg and 83 kg lifter in the USAPL, Tim Thibodeau. How the hell are you, man? I'm doing all right, man. Really, really excited that uh, that you got that question to get me on the show. I've been looking forward to this for a really, really long time. Uh, did my research, listened to a few episodes, made sure that I'm coming in here as prepared as I can, not bring a uh, knife to a gunfight. And yeah, I'm just excited we're finally shooting the shit. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I love those fan requested interviews, man, because like that's how I know who to. Like, seriously, that's how I know who to interview. Because if I sit there, I'm like, man, I'm going to interview my friends. And then I have an episode, and everyone's like, what the hell are you guys talking about? It was a bunch <laughs> of inside jokes that we don't get because we're not your friends. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, that episode is probably a loss. But when somebody tells me, like, I really want to hear from this person, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, and I think it's really cool, too, because we've always I, – I don't know how long uh, how long you've been following me, but I've been following you for a really long time. So we've always known of each other, mm-hmm. but this is legitimately the first conversation we're having. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I, I and I remember seeing you at Raw Nationals, because um, we were. I think we we're in the same flight. I, I we were in the same flight. I think you were a platform over from mm. me, though. Yeah. So it was. It, it happened a lot during Raw Nationals because that was the first time I met everyone, like mm-hmm. literally everyone. Maybe aside from like Ben Poor, because I go out to Indiana and train with him occasionally, and he comes out to Chicago too, but. I remember just, like, you know, we have the initial, like, some guys I just see, I'm like, hey, what's up, man, give him a hug, and the other guys, we, like, look at each other, we're like, I know you, but I don't know if I know you or not, Yeah. and it happened, like, not really with you, because, like, we were kind of in the competition mode, but me and Matt Cronin mm-hmm. were, like, right next to each other the entire time, and I was, and we were on the same flight, like, following each other, so I just went out, I'm like, hey, man, how you doing today? Yeah. He's like, how you feeling? And he looked at me, he's like, okay, dude. I think I know you. He's like, I, I recognize your voice. I'm like, oh, I'm Angelo, man. Uh, 14 power. He's like, oh, shit. Okay, two white lights. He's like, yes. He's yeah, like, yes, yeah, I know. He's yeah, like, I'm yeah. sorry, man. I'm like, he's like, I just couldn't really put it to the face. I'm like, yeah, kind of the same with you, too. So it's it's cool when we first, like, get those introductions. Yeah, Ron has just happens to be, like, just a crazy meeting ground for everybody because and i think that we're going to segue into this eventually uh during the podcast but social media really has built up powerlifting to the point where it is right now Mm -hmm. and i honestly couldn't be more appreciative for that oh yeah absolutely i mean people could talk shit about it all they want but it definitely has helped especially i mean this show but really just a broad community of lifters and just Mm -hmm. the possibilities of expanding the sport but yeah so and you're obviously super well in tune with the social media aspect. But before we get into all in, into that, how did you even get into the powerlifting world, the fitness world? And then, you know, how that segue into your your YouTube channel and then now your uh, Twitch streams? Right. So um, I feel like everybody has a very similar story when they first started picking up weights. Uh, it was my It was my sophomore year of college, I think it was, and my girlfriend just broke up with me. And, and I, I feel like that's the starting point for every single guy. It's like, oh, I'm heartbroken. I'm going to get jacked. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then I decided to deadlift one day. I'm like, hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Like, I actually like lifting heavy weights instead of, like, feeling that lactic acid pump build up. It's either that or the exact opposite. Yeah. It's either exactly. that they don't have a girlfriend yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> They're single yeah. as fuck. And then they just try to work out to get one so they could break up with them. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. But, um, but yeah, it, it just started with deadlifts one day. And, um, th- this was like in the very, people like to call it the, like the golden era of YouTube fitness, just because we take a look at it today and it's like, it's all right, but it's just not the same as what it was back then. Um, especially because we live in a day and age now where information is readily available to us and how much further can we go like with counting macros, for example, like how many different ways are we going to count carbs, fats, and proteins? Like in the beginning of YouTube fitness, like that was the main focus. So I, I decided to join during that, uh, just a simple college kid uh, documenting my fitness journey. And, uh, my first video I think was me having a deadlift PR of 340 pounds. I'm pretty sure that was it. So I just kept documenting everything, and it's funny because it seems that he's a very uh, common like starting point for every powerlifter, Johnny Candido. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The number yeah. one answered. How did you get your start into powerlifting? Well, I started watching YouTube, and uh, Candido in 2015, got documenting his path up until Raw Nationals, is like the number one answer on the show from USAPL lifters. It's it's insane. exactly. It's like it's. Every single time, it's like he might seriously be the most influential person in powerlifting. Yeah, I, I and it makes me think: without Johnny, would powerlifting be at the point where it is today? And I, I could say with confidence, it wouldn't be. Yeah, like sure, sure, it would make steps in the right direction, but Johnny really, really paved the way for us. Um, Especially with yeah, Raw, so- USAPL, like USAPL. That's what I say. I'm like, powerlifting might be the. Uh, the USPA or WPO or that route right right now, because that's what it was really until YouTube. Um, But yeah, I mean, Johnny was, um, was one of the first people I started watching and actually taking seriously because I really appreciated uh, just strength over hypertrophy. Um, But yeah, I just decided to start competing in 2015 because of Johnny decided to pick USAPL because here on the East coast at the time, we really only had, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you heard of them, RPS yes. uh, and USAPL. Those are really the only two federations that we had. So I didn't like the look of the Greek plates. So I decided, you know what, I'll just go USAPL. And I've just been loving it ever since then. Um, and of course, there were other people like, you know, Max Tuning, Nick Wright. But, you know, they all kind of fell off. And there's really not too many powerlifting specific YouTubers out there anymore. Uh, but besides, like, you know, Sean and Russ are on the come up now with YouTube. Um but like from the like the quote unquote golden era, I think it's just me, Johnny, and a few others. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly speaking, I, I kind of decided to just take a break from YouTube as a whole because it's quite exhausting uh, doing everything by yourself. Like I, I know Russ, he has someone that edits his videos, which you know that that's great and everything. I just can't entertain that idea right now because you know I work a nine to five. I I come downstairs, I train, and by the by the end of it, I'm tired. I don't want to be filming and uh, editing a video until three in the morning. And that's why I decided to segue into Twitch instead, because it's almost like, uh, and, and maybe you, like, you could relate to this with, uh, cause I know you're a big fan of wrestling. We all have this online persona that we create. Mm-hmm. It's like, you were formerly the guy that, you know, frog stance, deadlift and Adidas power lifts. Uh, you know, I'm, Tim Timidome, I wear a fucking cowboy hat when I'm deadlifting now, just, just because like we want to create these online personas that make people feed into the idea of powerlifting. That we're not these like sc- like let me skull fuck you after I take a hit of ammonia on the platform type of people. It's like we're just regular people who like mm-hmm. to have fun. So um, 
in my eyes, Twitch allows everyone to get a deeper look into the personality of the people behind the camera, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and, and also, it also, um, you know, give the idea of powerlifting to a wider demographic too, because YouTube is YouTube, but Twitch, it's like everybody goes to Twitch for the personalities. And if I could somehow increase the popularity of powerlifting through Twitch, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been loving it so far. I really love the live interaction uh, with people. I've, I've always been one for just in-depth conversations instead of talking about myself all the time on camera uh, for YouTube videos. So, yeah, I, I've just been loving Twitch ever since starting it a few months ago. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the YouTube and, you know, and the kind of like now Twitch is starting to become that. Because I think more people are going to tune into Twitch streams than YouTube. And mm-hmm. like you said, I was watching some of your videos prior to the uh, the interview and I missed the whole like powerlifting golden era of YouTube. Like I missed, yeah. I missed the boat on that. Um, I, but I do know what you're talking about with that era was a lot of it was uh, a full day of eating or the mm-hmm. macros. And I... You know, I always go back to my, my the very first like, YouTube channel I tuned into wasn't powerlifting. It was 3DMJ, um, Matt Ogus, and uh, Lane Orton. Those were the three guys like I always would look at, and that was that was consistent. That was what they were consistently putting out. Was exactly. A lot of advice that now it's it, it has changed. It has changed so much. I did I did miss Candido, which kind of sucks because I would have probably been in powerlifting at the age of like 19 as opposed mm-hmm. to 23 is when I started. But how I look at videos now, it's like, oh my God, they're so produced. They're so well produced. They're so clear. And then I'm looking like, it's not easy. I know for a fact it's not easy. And I think now people are starting. That's why with Instagram blowing up, you're going to see less YouTube mm-hmm. things. You're going to see less YouTube channels go up. And I just, I question how valuable it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I I could definitely see the value in it. Um, it, It's almost like Twitch, where you're putting a personality to the face because, you know, for the most part, us powerlifters on uh, on Instagram, we just post what we lift on, and on occasion, we'll post a picture. Like we we don't do live streams on Instagram. We don't do any of that. And I think it's very valuable for people to to diversify, basically diversifying their social media portfolio. So if they have Instagram, it would be useful for them to have YouTube if they want to make a name for themselves. Uh, I I know one point that you and Russ were talking about uh, during your podcast with him was monetizing your social media. Mm -hmm. If you want to be able to do that, then you're going to have to be on more than one platform. So... But, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I could definitely see your point where less and less YouTube channels are going to start to go up um, because Instagram is quick. It's instant. We don't have to put any production value into it, and you could just follow as many people as you want, and you're not. it's not going to get tiresome. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, I'm, I'm just, uh, and also it's pretty – it's off the cuff. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's – I might start tuning into it. Uh, I have a Twitch account, um, but I was watching a lot of stuff from Barstool Sports. Yeah. Initially, then I see uh, you on it. So I know my coach was on it. I don't know if he's um, doing a whole lot of it anymore. And um, I know Flex Flex goes on Twitch quite a bit. Him and Tina, and uh, so does uh, Nico Flores. So I might just have mm-hmm. to start. Uh, and Ben Rice. Ben Rice posted funny like. He, if anything, he's the pioneer. He he's like the Johnny Candido of Twitch powerlifting. So yeah, I might I might have to start looking into that because it's just you know it's another way to one get involved in the community, watch what they're doing. And it, it and it is always going to be good for the sport, like you mm-hmm. said. When you see the personality behind the lifter, that's always better. Like, it's so underrated 
the entertainment aspect of powerlifting. And yeah. I think now people are starting to actually be entertained more as opposed to, which isn't a bad thing, but inspired. At first yeah. they were inspired. They're like, man, that's awesome. I want to deadlift that. I want to squat that. I want to be like that guy. Now it's, you know, I can appreciate this guy even though he isn't Russ. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this guy yeah. is cool. It's like, I like him. He's... He, he might he might not be the best lifter in the world, but fucking he's a he's a cool guy, and I like I I enjoy watching him lift. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing I, I like about it too is uh, also the relatability factor because it's raw, it's unedited, yeah. unfiltered. Like, and I'll I'll use my stream as an example. Just uh, what was it? Today's Sunday. Just on Friday, because uh, we were talking before the podcast. I'm I'm uh, doing dealing with a little bit of a hip impingement right now. Um, I was going to try squatting on Friday and I ended up not being able to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck, like, what am I going to do now? Like, I've got like 30, 40 people watching me. It's like, am I going to like fucking cry on camera? No, I'm not going to do that. But if this was YouTube, on the other hand, I could be like, okay, I'm just going to scrap the footage and I'm not going to put up a video because people just like to show the highlights. Mm-hmm. They don't really like to show their low points with Twitch or just any live streaming platform. Like you have no choice but to show every single emotion that you're feeling on camera so that's another thing i just love about it yeah uh yeah and i can see that because like uh youtube you actually you don't want to post too much on youtube like mm-hmm. if you post i don't know if you post every day that's probably not great for a youtube channel i think like it would be good for three times a week or posting multiple times in a day won't be necessarily good for youtube where um like on instagram you could post yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the YouTube algorithms changed so much over the years that I just can't keep up with it anymore. But, but I could say from like a mental health aspect, unless you're having someone post for you every single day, I just wouldn't like. I, I even get burnt out from posting twice a week. Yeah. So, so that that's why it's like Twitch. I could just do it while I'm working out, go to sleep at a normal time, and then just live my life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. so, from from it sounds like it sounds like you have that. Your, your prototypical start in the sport and the progress you've made in the sport is going to be very similar to a lot of lifters. I think that's why people mm-hmm. uh, gravitate towards you. So what advice can you give to, say, a young lifter getting started in powerlifting? Definitely don't set, unreal, uh, don't set unrealistic expectations for yourself. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because, and maybe you've run into this too, like, because I think we started uh, powerlifting around the same time. Uh, I think I started competing when I was 22 and you started, you 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm sure we had that high. It's like, oh shit, like I'm putting on like 200 pounds in my total. And, you know, I didn't have to put in that much work. But we've gotten to a point where like it's it's just diminishing returns now. Like we're just doing all this work for like two and a half kilo, kilo on our bench. Two and a half on my bench within a year, I'll be happy. Um so, like, a lot of kids that are starting off, like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of progress in the beginning, but it's just going to start slowing down. It's never going to be linear the entire way through. Um, and also another thing to take into account, and, and I guess this is where uh, I get a lot of heat on my social media, um, just be more accepting of a lot of external factors that go on throughout the day. Like, if you had a rough day at work, if you didn't eat anything, if you didn't drink anything all day, you're probably going to have a shitty workout. It's not the fact that your strength magically got got zapped away from you. It's just these are the things. If you want to be a high-level lifter, you have to take those into consideration. And it's not so much being negative as a lot of people like to think. It's like, oh, you should only be posting the highlights. You should be just talking positive. It's like, no, that's like it's good to think optimistically all the time uh, or a good amount of the time, but – 
again, you just have to get off that pedestal and just be like, okay, it's probably going to be a bad workout today, and I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you get heat from that, because I want to circle back to some of the points you made, but I'm going to jump on that one. It's interesting you get heat from that, because I would, I actually get a little bit annoyed at the lifters when, you know, you kind of see, you know, like a high-level lifter, and they're, you know, that you could t- kind of tell their, uh, their patterns, right? They're posting, like, three workouts a week or something, and, you know, uh, you could read the captions, like, man, strength has been going great, everything's been going awesome, big Big day tomorrow, big deadlift tomorrow, big squat tomorrow, big bench mm-hmm. tomorrow. Then they don't post tomorrow. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what's the deal? <laughs> like, what happened there? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what, what, what? Like, okay, so did, did it go well? Then you find out that it didn't go well. They mm-hmm. missed a single. They don't want to post them. their missed single. They want to post them auto-regulating an RP8 when, like, it was 320 that they were supposed to hit on their deadlift. But in reality, when they were auto-regulated, it was like, let's, let's hit 308, let's hit 307 today. Just because, yeah. you know, we had what you said. Maybe a shitty day at work, didn't eat, didn't drink, all, all those factors weigh in. And if you hit an RPE 8, you're auto-regulating fine. You're, you're exactly. still making the progress. But they didn't post. They didn't, they didn't want to show people they took a step back because is King of the Lifts going to repost a fucking auto-regulated <laughs> RPE 8? Oh I don't think God. so, man. I don't yeah. think you're going to do that. <laughs> like, why would you post that? Why would you post something King of the List isn't going to repost? So, yeah. it's it, it's funny you get heat for that because I, in uh, maybe in small circles, now it's not in a small circle because I'm broadcasting it, but like, I would always, you know, talk shit with my friends like, hey, do you notice that this person says they're going to have a big deadlift tomorrow and they haven't posted anything or they haven't said anything about their deadlift? Uh, they didn't even make a story post about it. So, I would rather see people, because for me, I would rather see someone like, all right, today wasn't great. Um, I hit, you know, uh, five keys less than I was supposed to hit, but it's good. You know, we're still making progress. We're still going to keep on going. It's all about momentum. That's what me and Joe talk about a lot in our video check-ins. All about building momentum for ourselves. So if you're doing that, you're still building momentum. You're not taking that many steps back by doing that. You're still working as long as you're not hurt. Um... But so, yeah, I would, as a power lifter, as a person who's like studying the sport, I would love to see that. But also to your first point, you know, setting that bar way too high. When, when I first started, the bar wasn't very high. It was actually super low because I just, you know, jumped into the sport. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, and I did very well my first competition. But I was, and I say this a lot in the show, I wasn't aware of the world around me. Like, I, I had no idea what was going I knew some powerlifters. I believe the powerlifters who I knew at the time were Ray Williams, the Little Bridges, and that's because I'm from Illinois, so I knew that they were all over, you know, gyms in Illinois lifting mm-hmm. insane weight. Uh, Russ, kind of. Marissa Inda. And I didn't even know she powerlifted. My friend sent her, like, the uh, like the bodily kinesthetics thing she did. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know she was a powerlifter. And uh, Mason Caveney. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the guys I knew. And I wasn't, like, big fans of them. I just knew that they were kind of around world champion powerlifters. Now the thing is, if you're starting on powerlifting and fitness and you have an Instagram, you know these people. Exactly, You yeah. know the world around you. And I get that question a lot at the gym um, or just people, like, on Instagram. But I recently had a conversation about this at the gym where this, uh, this guy came up to me. I think he was a pretty young, pretty young kid, probably 18, 19 years old. He's like, hey, man, so in your advice, um, you think I should uh, compete or, or you think I should uh, cut down and compete 
or you think I should, you know, just, uh, just, just go on the platform. I'm like, dude, don't overthink it. If you want to compete, go and compete. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cause trust me, you're not going to win a world championship. You're not going to win your world championship your first meet. So don't even worry about cutting down. The reason why you're thinking about cutting down is because you know who the people are in your weight class now. You know what a total, a good total is in your weight class. And you want to maybe stay away from that. It's like, okay, my rankings could be better if I cut down to this weight class. Like, no, you are a beginner. That's what you are. You still need training wheels. Like, eventually you'll be to a point where you could think about cutting down. But, for, yeah. but right now, eat and train. All you got to think about. Go on the platform. Don't even weight cut. Like, if you gain weight and go into a higher weight class, do it. It, it's, it doesn't matter. It's your first meet. You're just learning how to power lift. Like, you are not learning how to lift prior to you getting to this point. And I now it's like everyone's comparing themselves to LeBron James. Like, it's like they're, they're starting on basketball. It's like, let me let me compare myself to, like, the greatest person ever. Like, no, uh-huh. don't, don't do that just yet. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you're not there. You're not there yet. It's like your, your expectations are way too high right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I don't want to come off as, like, a bigot or anything, but as long as we've been saying that on social media, I'm surprised that we still get that question. Mm-hmm. Should I cut down? It's like, no. I said, we, like, we said this back in 2016. You don't have to cut down. Just go on and fucking have fun. Mm-hmm. That, that, should be, that should be the first thing for everybody. It's like... Like I, I weighed a buck sixty, like my first competition. So like I'm naturally I'm just going to compete seventy four. I'm not going to like put on twenty fucking pounds. Like no, just go on, go on the platform, have fun, get a feel for it. If you want to keep doing it, then like you said, then you could focus on okay, mm-hmm. do I need to hire a coach? Like how many, uh, how many grams of protein do I need to eat in order to gain muscle? This, this, and that. But but yeah, like people, and maybe this is like the quote unquote dark side of social media because like. We're in our, like, mid-20s right now, and now we're seeing, like, 18, 19-year-olds squat and deadlift just as much as we do. Yeah. So so, and so, I kind of understand from that perspective of an early lifter, like, 16, 17 years old, should I be doing X, Y, Z before going into my first meet? Because you have these, like, teen two and junior lifters that are just lifting insane amounts of mm-hmm. weight. So, so, if anything, like, they're indirectly setting those unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for the younger lifters, but still, it goes back to that same thing. Your first meet should always just be for fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it's like you're you're always going to make progress to that. And I, I always make the the parallels between other sports because mm-hmm. there are even because people use that a lot. Like you know, we're in group messages, we're we're doing all these things that we're conversing with other powerlifters. Like, oh, you see what this 19-year-old kid did? He squatted uh, 600 at 74. Like, awesome. They're like, fuck. We're, it's like, we're screwed. Like, we're in our mid-20s, we're screwed. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. How is this not the same as every other sport? Mm-hmm. Where there are 18- and 19-year-old phenoms who are better than guys been playing a professional sport for their entire lives, who are just already better than them. But you still compete alongside with them. Exactly. And there's and there's so much evidence of like it this happening where in other sports where you start off really good just uh an like rookie of the year and then you know it's it's hard to continue that progress and then you have the guys that you're way above starting to catch up with you yeah like if you can catch up to them at 24 you're doing fine like there's nothing guaranteed that people are going to continuously be this amazing their entire careers it just mm-hmm. it just it's there's, and, and I've seen it, and I've seen it with powerlifters. I've seen powerlifters who, 
I don't want to use the word flavor of the week, but it seemed like there was a lot of people who were the flavor of the week. Like, mm-hmm. they were moving great numbers, and then just things started to go wrong. It probably got to their head, and they weren't doing the necessary things to make for them to have continued growth in the sport. So right. it's it's always I hate the the, the cliche it's uh, it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon. The reason why it's a cliche is because it's true. Mm-hmm. Like this is what the sport is. Like think about it, you know, year by year, and just keep on going. Yeah, yeah, because we've been. Uh... Like, you started 23, I started 22, so we've been competing, like, four or five years. Like, we're still babies in the sport. Mm-hmm. Even though we're in our mid-20s, we're still babies. Like, yeah. you take a look at LS, you take a look at, you know, most extreme example, Dave Ricks. Yeah. They have years upon years, and they're still competing. Yeah. We're just t- we're just getting our feet wet right now. Yeah, and uh, I, I, when I started interviewing people for the show and I started doing research, I'm like, holy shit, you've been competing since you were 14. Like, under 22 i'm like you're I'm like you've been i'm like you've been competing because i don't know like those texas and the southern like they they you know they compete early I'm like you've been competing for that long like man i think it's like a, you i could kind of come off as like you know i'm interviewing you but i know that people have way more competition experience even if they're 23 than me like because just because they've been competing since they were teenagers um, yeah, and there's so many different. And then when you compete for such that long time, it's not so much even you're on the platform the amount of time. It's when you're on the platform, you meet different people, you learn different things, you experiment with your training more often. You probably went through maybe one or two different coaches. So it's it, that amount of experience is so valuable in the sport. Where again, it's not necessarily because you're a certain age. You're creeping up on you know father time it's mm-hmm. how uh how platform young are you or right. how platform old are you definitely definitely man so speaking of you know the, the you know the current state of powerlifting i like to ask this question especially recently because it's evolving like it's seemingly every month mm-hmm. and a person like you you're obviously super you know you have the pulse of powerlifting so what do you think, what's your opinion on the current state of powerlifting? Uh, what do you like? What don't you like? What would you like to see change? Um, well, I, I know both of us are USAPL sticklers, but uh, like one thing I can say is like I appreciate the fact that uh, that USPA drug tested is hard to take off a little bit more uh, because it just get, it provides people more options, mm-hmm. you know, because some people don't like the way things are handled in USAPL. They easily have USPA to go to, and same thing with uh, with vice versa. But if we're talking USAPL specifically, and it's funny because I, I saw, I think it was on Subpar. I saw your comment one day when uh, it's like just when USAPL does something good, and they turn around and do some stupid fucking shit like yeah. this. It's like God fucking damn it. But um, I, I just think from our perspective for USAPL, we just need young blood in EC. Or, 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 just, or just in, like, a higher-up position, like, more state chairs, like, in their late 20s, early 30s, that just have this different view of powerlifting. Because mm-hmm. I, I think it would be nothing but good for the sport. Because if you really think about it, it's our age demographic that's really progressed USAPL over the past few years. Uh, and, and, of course, like, you like you have Larry, the president. Like, he's doing a, an amazing job, all things considered. But from like a social media and marketing perspective, what have you guys really done? It's really just been us. It's been free advertising. So we know the ins and outs of the sport right now. 
Uh, so I, w- I would just like to see some younger faces uh, in higher positions. Um, and I think that we would run into less stupid shit, for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's really where I see it right now because like we can't really compete. Um, or at least we can with heavy restrictions, which I don't know if we want to get into that because I think you and I would get in trouble <laughs> for bringing that situation up with Sean. Um, well, yeah, I'm hoping to get him on the show to actually discuss it. It's just like the difficult thing about it is the smoke seemed to have cleared just a bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like, I don't yeah, want like, to say anything too soon. It's like up your band. Yeah. And like, I'm like, no, yeah, it's that fire too. Yeah. Because I, because I mean, but that was the reason why I made that comment on subpar. Yeah. Was because like I had a show with Russ and Sean about how the USAPL is awesome. Um, and we said, you know, very similar to what you said. That's actually probably my number one thing too. Young blood in, um, you know, those, those care positions, those bigger positions in the USAPL. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about like the USAPL is the best federation for this. It has the most structure. And then, you know, a week later, the whole mask debacle thing takes place. And I, I mean, it is a whole episode that we can do on it because I think, you know, with the rules that were set in place, you can just talk. It just turns into a lot of finger pointing. And you just mm-hmm. like never want to do that and throw a bunch of people under the bus. But it's, the, it's like, but, but what I can say if you have maybe someone younger and understanding, you could investigate it a little bit better than what they did. Yeah. Like, I, I will say that to USAPL and, like, Don Fury getting in trouble. It was a knee-jerk reaction. It mm-hmm. was. I, I don't care what they say to me. It was a knee-jerk reaction because it took them way too quick to decide the decision that they came up with, and they didn't let any any other information go. They didn't mm-hmm. let... It was a knee-jerk reaction, and I think if you were having people more log- uh, people who had more logic in those positions, they would have waited a little bit. They yes. would have investigated the whole thing. And, and I mean, this is kind of why I decided, because I am a state ref for New Jersey, that's kind of why I decided to take the state ref test, because I want to get more involved in the sport and give back to the great community that's already provided so much for me. And, you know, I'm not going to get into specifics, but... Like the the ref page on face group on on uh, on face group on Facebook, Facebook, the ref page on there, it was like a more than two hundred comment thread on the entire situation. I just read up and down through everything. It's, it's like, oh, Sean just acted like this because like he has such a high plot. It's 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 not because of that one bit. Like I'm this, this is the one thing I'm gonna rant about. I am sick of people thinking that certain lifters act a type of way because they have a social media following. Mm-hmm. It's not that one bit. It's like, if any, if anything, you should just be treating everybody the same. It's like, okay, you want to use this person as an example, but what about all the other people that did the exact same thing and they don't get, they don't get any repercussions for it. Yeah. Like why nail him to the cross? Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just the one thing that irritates me. It's like, again, these are the people that have helped the sport grow over time. And you're just going to essentially like shoot an arrow at their knee. Yeah. It's like, why? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was my whole, I, because I, I mean, more, mostly in private conversations. And we had, a, we had, I haven't recorded a podcast since that um, thing happened. And maybe, again, maybe we will discuss it at a future episode. But again, it seems like the smoke is cleared. But it's like, I said this to so many people, I'm like, if it was a different person, you think there would be this amount of dick and this amount of shit that goes along with it. And I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm going to continuously say, no, nope, that's not the, it's not the case. 
the person's well known, and that's why they're they're put on. You know, they, that's why the spotlight's put on them because people know who they are. Um, there's there's a certain uh, opinion towards Sean towards any very very volatile. Like it could be he he has like a huge cult following at one side that could be annoying. Trust me, they the, his. The Nori fanboys can definitely be fucking <laughs> annoying. But then they yeah. have other people who are just as annoying who just fucking despise the dude. Um, I like to think I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I'm like, I'm not a Nori fanboy, but I really like the guy. And, yeah, I respect him. Oh, I, yeah, I, 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 Sean's I, a good friend. I respect the yeah. hell out of him. Yeah, but it's like, but the whole, the way it was handled was, you know, unprofessional. And again, if you have a guy like you or I in it, which also another point, because I said this myself, I think people say this, you know, what we're saying, and you, you actually took the initiative to become a, you know, a, an actual member of USAPL as far as, you know, state officiating and trying to get into a position. Um, people say this, but then they don't go and do that. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely guilty of that because I could probably do that. Right. Cause I'm, well, I always, I, mean, I always I, talk about, well, I always talk about how I want to see change in USAPL and I would love to be part of that change. I would love to be part of, you know, um, to, you know, potentially uh, direct meets one day to become an official yeah. and then, you know, get, have, have a say in raw nationals and how it's run and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like a lot of people just don't take the initiative just yet to do that. Like, okay, this is, this is us. That's not the responsibility kind of falls on us now. Like we yeah. want that change. We want more young blood. Well, we're young. So let's do it. I mean, I mean, I guess the only counter to that is there's not much that we can do because like, okay, you become a state ref then you become a national ref and an IPF level ref. It's like, what more do you do at that point? Mm-hmm. You're just, you're just a, like a certain uh, caliber of referee for yeah. XYZ meet. Um, now with like meet directors becoming a uh, like member of the board, it's like, we have to fly out to these national meetings. Like we can't do zoom. Like, and maybe it'll be different. Maybe we can do zoom calls if we want to chime in for that. Um, but, but yeah, there's just like, I, I personally feel like there's not too much opportunity for us to get involved because the people that are in power are actively choosing to stay in power, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, like, and as far as I know, like, if you want to become a, uh, if you want to become a meat director, it's like, you're going to have to go through the process of getting venues or own your own gym. Yeah. Um, like I know it's a rough, rough process, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think more people should be taking the initiative to get a little bit more involved, even, even if it's just like starting an email chain with some higher ups at USAPL. It's like, okay, I don't have a position, but I have these people in my contact in case, uh, just very simple things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I agree. Like it is going to be an uphill battle, but like, if this is what you're passionate about, then, you know, we, you can definitely take the steps to get there. And I think I think actually the discussion now is better than it's been as far as actually asking for some sort of change or some sort of change. In, not I wouldn't say leadership. Just have more people. Just have more decisions made in mind that the lifters share. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I think now the discussion is happening more more often um, than it has been since I started in the sport. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of gone in a direction of just banter and complaining on social media to actually getting in contact with higher-ups in USAPL. So we, we, we've definitely taken steps in the right direction, but like you said, there's still a lot more work that has to be done on our end. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, opinions, and uh, I think even within the past two years, I, I think it might be speaking for myself, but opinions of USAPL has changed. Um, because when I first started powerlifting, you know, I was, I always heard the side of other people talk about the USAPL because USAPL wasn't very strong in Illinois. So I heard uh, the typical, uh, just the typical criticisms of USAPL. Mm-hmm. And then I got into USAPL, I'm like, you know, it's not as bad as people say. I actually really like it. And you could see it's like, but I understand what they're com- where they're coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once you start getting into it, you start defending your organization more, but you also want to be the one that causes that pain. Where, mm-hmm. yeah, what, what it first started with was a lot of people just using social media to either bicker and complain about shit that the USAPL was doing and do nothing about it. Or just yeah. tell people to join their federation. <laughs> so I mean, like, some, some people jump ship, some people stay, what are you going to do? So Yeah, like, this is why you should do this, the, the Federation that I'm in. I'm like, well, that's not a fucking bias or anything. <laughs> yeah. like, you just, you're it's just like, telling you're, me like, to do the thing you're doing. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, I, I really feel like we don't see as many people saying, like, you should just come to USAPL. Like, I, I really don't see as much of that because the Federation's established itself as, I think I could objectively say this, probably the best Federation in the United States. Mm-hmm that we don't have to say anything. People just naturally gravitate. It's like, oh, I want a better meet experience. Let me try USAPL. Yeah. And that was a kind of, no one told me to go to USAPL. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like no one told me to do it. I just knew that this is where this, I, I said, I think on a podcast, like that's where the big boys play. Yeah. Like if I'm a drug tested lifter, why am I not going against the best guys in the world? If I think I could be one of the best guys in the world. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's no one really had to tell people, but I have been telling people, like, I don't care where you end in the sport. I think your start should be USA, USAPL or USPA. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if you end up in RPS or APF at the end of your career, but start off here, because yeah. uh, I had had a really good conversation with uh, the UK uh, president of uh, WPC, and they said the same thing where it's like, that's where you're going to learn how to lift the most is in the mm-hmm. IPF or USAPL. Um, actually, you just use IPF and USAPL. I'm throwing in USPA myself because mm-hmm. I think their judging and their raw division is still pretty good. But it's like, that's where you're going to learn to lift. You're not going to have any help of um, manipulative, like a deadlift bar or a squat bar. You're going to have to walk out of your squats. You're going to be judged with true depth. Through lockouts, through pause, you will learn to lift the best if you get your start there. Then mm-hmm. you can progress on to another federation. From there, and you'll be better off. Whereas you start off in APF like I did, you have to almost, it's not learning how to do the sport again, but the way I deadlift is completely different from when I deadlifted in APF because I had the luxury of the deadlift bar. Mm-hmm. And I guess the squat bar was a definite change. Uh, that was good going to USAPL. I think I had a bad at using that shitty 65-pound bar that they use. <laughs> I, I pray I'd never use one of those. Oh, they just God. look so painful. So, it's, it's, not, it's just awkward. It's like, it's not, it, it, it's like, if you're a small guy, it's just a too big a bar on your back. It's like, because yeah, they, like, they use the, the, the bulldog, but they don't use the 55-pound squat bar. I'm cool with the 55-pound one. In APF, they use the bulldog bar. That's or, like trying to squat with an axle bar at yeah. that point. <laughs> so I remember looking at it the first time, like, why the fuck is that bar so big? I'm like, that's not 45 pounds. And uh, Eric Stone, the meat director, was like, oh, it's 65-pound bar. I'm like, 
Why? What the fuck? I'm why? like, why? And APF is a big multiply federation. Mm-hmm. So they use the same for multiply and raw. And I guess it works because you can squat raw with a fucking massive bar. It just, I was like looking at it I'm like, that doesn't even look 55 pounds. That looks massive. Like, oh yeah, it's like the biggest bar you could possibly use in competition. It's like, thanks for telling me in advance, buddy. They, they, they do though. They do. Oh well, yeah. To be fair, then never yeah, mind. it was. Yeah, they do. They have like because they do. Well, they do put on. This is where I like to see like more USAPL stuff. I don't know if they actually do it, but like um, just uh, like just seminars. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to sign up? This is your first powerlifting meet. Here's what to expect. Hit your first two, you know, first two lifts with you know judges here. It doesn't count for anything. Just to show you what is going to happen, mm-hmm. and they could. They could actually tell you the super strict things that USAPL does at those seminars. Like, yeah, your uh, your knee sleeve has to be up at a certain... If it droops a little bit, we won't give you the down command. You'd have to fix it before that. See, now, like, backtracking a little bit, it's like USAPL could do this. Are they going to do this? Probably not. But then again, this is where we come into play, where, like, if someone has, like, a following on YouTube, for example, yeah. make like a ten or fifteen minute video going into the, into the specifics. Like yeah. If you want to do something for the sport, like that's one of the things you can do. It's something so simple. It's like what's what's the TC going to tell you before you walk onto the platform? Oh, take your thumb loop off, tuck your tuck your knee sleeve tag in, make sure it's pulled up. All it's like simple things like that that a lot of younger lifters don't take into consideration. Like it'll be really really helpful to them, and it's free information. You don't have to pay for the seminar too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I, I actually, I don't even think you need approval from USAPL to do anything like that. Like, if we were, we had a few members in the USAPL, like, I could easily do that at my gym. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. You don't have to pay to come in. You have, like, 20 people capped to go and just learn what to expect at your first USAPL competition. It's yeah. easy as that. I don't think, yeah, I don't think you really need approval from um, the higher-ups to even do that in the first place. Where, where maybe, this happened maybe to me, like they, you- continue. Yeah, maybe to, like, use their logo or something, but, I mean, we're just doing it for the sake. It's like, we can be USAPL, here's what you expect. Yeah, because my, my experience with that was I did I attended a beginner seminar in APF, and Eric Stone is the state, you know, director in uh, in APF in Illinois, but that was, you know, initially, that was essentially what it was. You Like, you know, PowerPoint presentation on, like, how to eat, how long competitions are usually, what to do and not to do, the big thing was uh, like oh, the opener part for me was funny because I didn't know what an opener was. Mm-hmm. So I explained to her like, don't open too high. And they're like, we're going to tell you again. Don't open too high. There's going to be a person here who's going to open way too high. Don't do it. Your opener can never be too light. It's like if it's your first competition, set the bar low and then work your way up. And I just thought, like, oh, shit, I would have definitely put in a stupid number. Like, <laughs> it's like, look, just put in my third. Yeah, like, that's, probably what, I, that's probably what would I have done. Or, and then they would say, like, this happens to a lot of people. They accidentally put their opener in pounds and not kilos. And then they have a 402-kilo <laughs> opener. <laughs> and I was like, they don't, it's like, and then they're like, nope, we're not going to do that. So, <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, those those beginner things are pretty funny, though. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep, so did you uh, mention what you liked in the sport? I I know I get a little jaded on the podcast. Uh, The the positivity, though, of powerlifting, where do you you see it at right now? 
Yeah, because we've just been nothing but shit talking. And that's, <laughs> the, you know what? That's how you get ratings. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. yeah that's what people. That, that's another like a thing I always talk about in powerlifting is people's people really want to hear the drama. People want to hear mm. the shit talking. It happens, and I think it, just as humans, we're more passionate to talk about things that piss us off as things that make us happy. Yeah. And I talk about this with spotting a lot. I'm like, you never see a highlight video of people spotting well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you only see the shitty things when people spot. Like, that's why I did on Two White Lights. I'm like, this is good spotting. I'm like, this is, you only hear about spotters when they do something wrong. I'm like, this is actual good spotting. Yeah. Uh, but no one wants to talk about amazing spotting. They want to talk about the joke that almost killed, you know, like, three competitors. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the most popular one is uh, 2015 World, which just happened to be in the U.S. I think it's got over a million views of mm-hmm. just shitty IPF spotting. It's exactly to your point. But, um, I, as much shit talking as we do, it's just because we want to see change in the sport and uh, and in our federation that we compete in. Um, but no, but there's plenty of good things. I, I really feel like uh, our Fed is taking a step in the right direction. They're, they're starting to take the, the athletes' opinions more into consideration. Um, they're throwing prizes out there, which personally doesn't it doesn't get me off. Like I don't compete for prizes; I just compete to compete with myself. Uh, but but it's good that they're starting to give lifters a little bit more incentive, uh, whether it be like oh you win it you win a free OPB or you know you get like two hundred dollars for getting best lifter at the meet. So I, I think giving incentive to lifters uh, is a, definitely a step in the right direction. Um. And I, I will have to say, like, ever since I've been involved, like, I've only competed a Raw Nats once, uh, which was just this most recent one in uh, in Illinois. Looking back, I think it was 2015 or 2016 Raw Nats in Scranton to what it is today, they've definitely made huge, huge steps because it, used to, it just used to be in some, uh, like, Hyatt Hotel uh, ballroom. And now, look at us, we've got these huge screens five platforms it like the meat experience as a whole has definitely improved a ton for usapl that's one thing i really really love about the federation so mm-hmm. yeah i i would i think a lot of people would echo that uh just and i've uh, again raw nationals and lombard was the first one i could do that too and i was i was still taken back like i got the i got I got just nervous immediately when I walked into the actual competition mm-hmm. place and saw those like the big screens. Like, whoa, okay, this is. It feels like I'll, It feels like for the first time in powerlifting, I was a professional athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this feels. It just has a professional tone to it, and it it conveys seriousness. It conveys seriousness, but also doing something for the fan or the like the spectators and the competitors too. Like there was mm-hmm. enough production value where it's awesome. But then there was enough seriousness. To, like this, we're watching the world's best or the nation's best, but arguably the world's best on this platform. So yeah, I I would completely agree with that. I can only assume it getting better. And I think you know, and also with the Arnold because uh, attending that, that could have been a big clusterfuck, and they managed to not have it be a massive clusterfuck mm-hmm. like that. Because people were complaining that two platforms were running at the same time at the Arnold, and that's not really you know how the Arnold could be ran to platforms, but they had to do it you know, based on you know time constraints and getting the Grand Prix in and the Pro-American on a timely uh, fashion. But the way they handled that still was about as good as you could handle it. Because mm-hmm. um, that was like, we really didn't know what to expect, and the world only got crazier 
from you know the the Corona Classic at the Arnold, like <laughs> they because like because we were like this is crazy, and then we had no idea that it's about to get a lot worse. Mm-hmm. That should have been the title of the Arnold. It's like, and it gets worse. Like when yeah. you guys go home, everything's gonna be canceled. <laughs> it's like it's like everything is going to be shut down. The fact that you're competing today is a gift because that's what we were like. Man, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. It's like a ghost town. And then two weeks later, literally everything is like a literal ghost town. Like you can't go into work. You can't go into schools. And I still think with the information they were given, they did an excellent job with that. Running a really good meet. Uh, still a high production value meet, uh, no issues with, you know, just um, it being too disorganized, which it easily could have been. That's another thing yeah. that people don't see. And you didn't hear a lot of lifters talk about how well the meet was ran because a lot of other federations would have dropped the ball on that. There would have been no organization. That was still, with there being a pandemic, one of the most, actually probably the second most organized meet I've ever been to, next to Raw Nationals. Mm-hmm. So I I think, it, no matter what, I think the meets that USAPL run are going to be good. Yeah. There's always going to be... Like, we'll, we'll have our flukes every now and then, but I'd say for the most part, they're, they're only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So here's a, here's a question I just thought of. Um, in the current sport of powerlifting, who are some lifters that you admire? That you just really, when you watch them, you're like, I, li- I like the way that person looks. I want to emulate that person. Fuck, that's a tough one. It, see, and it's strange because I, I guess after being on social media for such a long time, it's like, and I even said this on uh, Joey's podcast once, it's like I don't have too many people that I actually look up to. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> the first one off the top of my head would have to be uh, Ben Pollock for some yeah. reason. I, 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 don't, I don't know. There's just something about... To like the sheer amount of emotion that he puts into his lifting, um, and and granted, it's like it's obvious he's on shit like that. That goes unsaid. Oh yeah, but like, but but, but just like the sheer amount of things he's done in the sport and for the sport, because if anything, he's probably one of the pillars as to why powerlifting as a whole has taken off as well. Uh, like he he's just one of the big faces of it. Um, there's just something about just that. Mm-hmm. You just watch him lift one time. It's like fuck. I got to go to the gym now, and yeah. I don't get that with too many people either. Um, another one I'd have to say, and, and, I, and maybe this will be a popular answer with a lot of other people, is uh, Bryce Lewis. Yeah. Because uh, if anything, he's one of the more relatable people. Where it's like, okay, and it's like we were saying before. I'm going to take a step back. I'm not in a good headspace right now. Training is just training. It's not good. It's it's not bad. It's just there right now. When, and very similar to you, when I see people say things like that, it's like, okay, so I'm not crazy for posting. It's like, I just had an off week. Training is just training right now. It's going to get better. I just have to accept things for what they are right now. It's just whenever I see things like that, it's like, okay, you're someone that I could follow. You're someone that's relatable. Um, you don't try to put on this facade of positivity all the time. Um, just simple things like that that really attract me to lifters. But I, I'd have to say Ben and... Uh, and Bryce, and you too. If you want me to be completely honest, you're another one. Because, uh, like, like, I always knew you. It's like, okay, I think he's like a year younger. Because you're uh, 26 right now, or 27? 27. Oh, okay, so we were the same age then. Um, it's like, I always knew you as Frog, frog Stance Deadlifter, 
in Adidas uh, power lifts and he's lifting a shit amount of a shit ton amount of weight. Then it's like, oh shit, he's at USAPL right now. Let me see what he could do. And then <laughs> it's just like I watch you have so much fun with the sport while continuously getting stronger with it. And I think that's one thing that people really need to take a look at. If you're having fun, then you're going to have a really long and happy career. Mm -hmm. Just don't get too emotionally invested in the sport. Don't have it be your just hundred percent identity because it's, it's a glorified hobby. It's a self-funded sport. We do this because we genuinely enjoy it. Mm -hmm. We're not doing this as a, like 99% of us aren't doing this as a nine to five job. Yeah. Right. So, when I see people genuinely enjoy their training, they're competing. It's like, damn! All right, I really, I really fuck with you. I really vibe with you. So, yeah, you're you're definitely up there, man. I definitely look up to you, dude. Oh, I appreciate it, man. That's uh, that's flattering, especially when you mentioned uh, Pollock and Lewis, like in in that too. And I, I would agree. And there's so many guys, like, because that, that's where I kind of started. You know what I mean? Was watching other people and <laughs> hoping that I could be close to them you know what i mean or like just in a way where i could like man that guy is killing it every single day i want to be able to do the same thing like that would be great just to you know have that success and string it along and yeah i would god there's so many guys like on that list who i would kind of put on there but people have said that to me and i find it like it's one of those things i've heard it so many times like oh you know that's kind of cool like like the, the fun aspect like, why? I always tell people, like, yeah, it could be fun, right? That's like kind of the thing. Why? Why? If you're not having fun with this, then why do it at all? Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's actually very easy for me to have fun with the sport because it's something that um, you know you could bring passion into. But I, one guy though that I, I would say, and because I, I always try to plug him, Mason Cabney. What happened to him? I haven't I, seen him. I, and I don't want to, like, uh, again, that's exactly the thing. Like, I think it's either injury or something like that. But seriously, because when I tell people, like, seriously, that guy I watch every single day. Like, there's there's people who I follow, but sometimes I scroll through because I know I'm going to see. Every single time that fucking guy lifted, I was like, good lord, it's beauty. It is just the most beautiful form I've seen on squat bench and deadlift I have ever seen in my life. And I was just, like, inspired. When he messaged me, on Instagram, I, I got giddy because he messaged me on Instagram because I'm like, because I'm, and I was always like afraid to do that, especially when I was like starting off in the sport because I was like, don't, don't like, you know, message people and stuff and like tell them, like, cause it's weird. You don't want to ever be a fanboy or whatever, even though now it's like, it's actually very flattering if you do that to people. People really appreciate it if you tell them that they're doing a good job. Who would have thought that people would appreciate that? But, uh, <laughs> but like, he messaged me about the Bears because uh, he's a big Bears fan and I was like, Oh, and I was I was excited because like, seriously, when I started powerlifting, I didn't know anyone, but I would say, see that guy's videos just pop up on either Explore or King of Lifts would post. I'm like, he's incredible. Like he's seriously, and I still to this day, I, I would look at his videos and just watch him be like, what an absolutely perfect, in my opinion, perfect lifter. Like mm-hmm. use everything. You know, he has a big back arch too, the, the big the big bench arch where he, like, and I admire when people do that as opposed to, like, hating it. I admire when people do that because I know how difficult it is and, like, how much work needs to be done to really do that. And, you know, a squat, the prettiest squat I've ever seen, too. And, yeah, just, that's one of those guys I always go back to. You know, I, I always say Hack is my favorite lifter. It totally is. He's 
81 181 pound Jesus. Like you can't really like knock that guy. I mean, like everything he does is perfect, and he's cool as shit just in general. But whenever like I'm just thinking about a good lift, I'll go back to his page. But yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know what happened. I hope everything's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's just, the thing. Just like, because, like whenever I talk about this, I'm like, yeah, I, I hope everything's cool because I like I really like the dude. Yeah, and, and it's funny you bring him up because I kind of did the same thing the other day. It's like I really wonder what happened to Mason. Because very similar to you, it's like his technique is perfect on practically everything. Mm-hmm. And and maybe, excuse me if I'm like rubbing you off a little bit, but your squat and deadlift are very, very reminiscent of his. I, I don't know. They, they just seem to be that way. But I, I took a look at his pace. It's like he hasn't posted in a hot minute. Like the last thing he posted, I think it was a, a deadlift or something. And ever since then, it's just, just been quiet. So. Yeah. That's why. That's why I'm saying. Like, I hope everything's like okay. Like yeah. everything's good. Um, I, I think I messaged him about the Bears uh, again, and he like hasn't gotten back to me. So ho- hopefully everything's like solid. But I always think about it because now we have all this thing with the 74s, right? You know, the fucking beef, quote unquote beef, uh, 74s, and they're you know they're into the shit talking thing. I'm like, man, if that guy would have been in the seven, that would have been really interesting. Like, if he was like with Atwood, Pug, Austin, C. Like, throw that guy in the mix, like, you have this quiet dude who doesn't say a whole lot, who's just an absolute beast, <laughs> and then it's yeah. like, he just come. I mean, he, like, I would say he would, he would be the guy. Like, Absolutely, him and, him and yeah. Ed would be the one battling, the other guys would be, you know, battling for third place, like, he would have mm-hmm. been the dude that would have just, because he was a world, he was a junior world champ at 74, mm-hmm. so he, yeah, that was, it's, it, it always goes, I always, like, think about that, like, man, just imagine the landscape, because if he was thrown in the mix. Mm-hmm. And it would have been just such a cool thing, like uh, because I see, I see, like I always think it's like overblown now the seventy fours, like to a point where they put so much hype on themselves, where whatever they do, it's now going to be underwhelming because mm-hmm. they just they set the bar so high for themselves and like they started like you know they're I mean they're really the only USAPL powerlifters who openly talk shit to each other on a platform. Yeah. So I I think about that. I think about their competition, and then I see them, like, you know, like, shoot for 800, don't exactly get it, and think, like, all right, now I'm starting to lose interest, but, man, if Mason was thrown in there, like, you mm-hmm. could get this, you could get just another guy in the mix who is just, uh, who's just putting up insane numbers. He could just be playing the whole card where training is going perfectly fine, he just wanted to ghost himself, just don't let anybody know what's going on, come out of nowhere, it's like... Fuck yeah. all you guys. That would be amazing. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, my squat's almost seven hundred now. <laughs> like I, I do, I do know he was going. I think he was going up to eighty three at okay. a point. His la- his last competition was eighty three, and he worked himself into a prime time total. He had if you would have competed at Raw Nationals, he would have been top ten. What the fuck? Is <laughs> he would have been. Uh, yeah, he would have been. I think eighth, ninth. Jesus Christ, dude! Uh, I remember his last his competition broke. I think it was like 750 total, 750 kg total, um, and I I thought he was coming to Raw Nationals because you know um, we talked about it too. Uh, just it's just crazy to like say like yeah, 750 would have gotten you eighth. Like, yeah. Well, now where, that, I mean, that bar was so low just when we started competing. It's like oh, you have a 600 kilo total at 83. Cool, take first place. It's like dude, now it's just holy shit. I'm in a group. Cat and somebody totaled like seven twenty five kilos 
and they said it was trash at 83. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, one, I one, they're dumbasses, but two, <laughs> they're, they're just dumbass. They're my friends, but they can be dumbasses sometimes. And I'm like, that's such a good fucking total. It's like that was good. That was really good. Like if you broke over sixteen hundred at a point, like that's a really good. Now you know we told seven seventy five at the Arnold, and then me and Joe were kind of talking like, we. Do you, do you honestly do we think that's gonna be good for prime time? And then we're just like, yeah, right, yeah, prime. Then we kind of like kept on going like, well, maybe I don't know, maybe because you know we we have guys in, who haven't competed yet in 2020. Mm-hmm. We got to see if there are numbers, of course. We're like, please tell me 775 is good enough for top 10. Because if it isn't, fucking hell, we got like, what do we have to do? 800 shit. I mean, John, even Johnny said it a few weeks back. It's like 800's just going to be good enough to break top five. Yeah. That's, cool. a, that's what he's projecting, especially since we really can't. Like, Raw Nats is canceled. Yeah. That's, that's just another year for people to improve. Yeah. That's just another. Like, you're probably going to hit, like, 795, 800 within the year. I'm being completely honest. So, but still, it's like, will that be enough? And, and it's not, like, shit-talking you or anything, but it's like, people are going to continuously getting stronger. Yeah. Like the top level lifters are going to find a way to train no matter what. Oh yeah. Oh, that's well. I even think with competitions happening, because with, you know, the Arnold Delaney Wallace, total 790, a very close 800. So you got to assume he's going to total 800. Like you, mm-hmm. you can't not assume that. Then I think Jamar Royster is definitely a guy who could total 1800, uh, 800, um, when things go right for him. That's another guy then I would like to total 800. That's like, okay, now I'm talking about three guys who could potentially total 800 and two guys who definitely total 800 with Russ and Sean. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, Deuce screwed in. He's busy. <laughs> he has shit to do. But mm-hmm. uh, he could total, he's at 790. He could total 800. So it's like, we're just like, oh, shit, I think by totaling 800, I might have just worked myself in the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's, it's just... Oh, and Johnny, it was like, what, what's he going to total too? We can't forget about Johnny. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, like there's so many guys. And then I always, uh, I, I've seen Jimmy Villanueva. He could total 800. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, it was David Chan. He, uh, he, I thought he was going to get close to like 775. Yeah, because he he recently uh, competed. He and, competed um, yesterday. He just he kind of fell kind of fell short a little bit, at least on his expectations. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, because because he totaled 735. Okay, that's. That's really good. 735 is really yeah. good, especially from his progress at Raw Nationals till now. That is fantastic progress. So, like, he, like that's that's a great lifter right there. Um, but even, like, watching his training, like, me and Joe were looking like, oh, this, based on what he's moving, he could total 800 one day. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's not out of the quick question. David Sheldon, um, he's another guy who is a beast. He's very good. Uh Carson Allen is another dude. Like, all those guys, when I look at them train, I say, like, all right, I think 800 might be that thing now that just people hit. And then now, then, it's like, you think it's going to be good, then Russ totals, like, 850 or some shit. Mm-hmm. So, and that was another thing that people like saying. Like, if you total, dude, if you total 815 you're next to me, you're, you're almost at, I'm like, well, do you guys think this Russ is going to be eating, like, Cheetos the entire time and just, like, <laughs> fucking, like, not training I'm like no he's obviously gonna get better with me like what mm-hmm. what do you guys what world do you guys live in <laughs> yeah it's just like who's most prepared on the day mm-hmm. that that's that's the one thing that people always seem to forget so yeah 
Absolutely. So you have a lot of different, uh, you know, involvements in the sport of powerlifting. So this is why I like to ask a person like you this question. What would you like your legacy to be in powerlifting? Like, as a competitor, as a personality, like, where... Where, where would you like to fall? I, I would say more more as a personality, just because it's like, I know I'm not like a bad lifter. It's like, I, I think, and maybe it's just because like my total is just above 700. But but I think in, in today's day and age as an 83 lifter, total. Um, so I know that I'm, you know, maybe I'll hit 775 one day if, if my body decides to not like take a shit every single time I decide to squat something heavy. But on a more serious note, I would say more as a personality, just more as someone that wants to do something for the sport. Um, and, and I guess I'll just like say this now because I, I kind of already announced it on my Instagram. Uh, I'm going to be moving to Austin, Texas, and I'm going to be opening up a gym down there. I don't know if Joe already told you. All right. So I, I guess we'll <laughs> spill the beans on the podcast. So it's going to be me. Uh, Joe Stanek and Pug, a.k.a. Ricky Cho, we're going to be opening what we think is going to be the absolute best powerlifting gym in Austin, Texas. And we want that to be one of the pillars for the sport where, you know, high school involvement in powerlifting is very heavy down there. We want to really, really get the younger crowd involved, bring them to USAPL, show them it's like, you know, just make it a smooth transition from powerlifting to a quote-unquote more professional experience with powerlifting. Um... But yeah, it's just be more of a personality, be more of someone that he genuinely did something good for the sport mm-hmm. rather than just for himself. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to be known as just one of those, more of a personality. Yeah, I when he uh, when he told me that, I got a huge, huge smile on my face. Like, cause I lo- I seriously love when lifters do that. Mm-hmm. Is go and try to make it something something part of their life and. No matter how you approach it, it's you're always going to make a good impact when you do something like that. When you mm-hmm. really dedicate that much of your life to the sport and try to help other people, like when Russ said he was opening a gym, I, I, I again didn't have any relation to Russ. I just got happy. So I'm like, I know it's going to be successful, and I know it's going to be better for the sport. Mm-hmm. So whenever someone tells me that they're doing something like that, I just get I get psyched. Like when someone yeah. has an idea of powerlifting related, I get so happy because. When I did, like, Two White Lights, it's very small, you know, it's a podcast, so it's, like, almost the baseline of, like, helping the sport. Mm-hmm. But when I did that, I was really nervous to do it, because you're putting yourself out there when you do it. So when I hear other people, like, man, I want to make, make, like, this powerlifting clothing brand, or, like, this powerlifting equipment, or it's, like, I think I could, you know, I think I could make combo racks better than, like, what we have right now. I'm like, yes, fucking, this Just is perfect. This, I'm like, this is amazing, like, this is such a cool thing to see. Uh, and they're like, I, I think I want to open a gym. Like, yes, do it. I love it. I love and all those ideas. I'm broadening the sport either nationally or internationally. Um, yeah, because, like, I, I have that. I, and King of Lifts, I talked about it, too, like, as far as a legacy goes. And he asked me that, too. It's like, so I know you're a big competitor, but also, you, you know, you, you do a lot of the creative side. And then I actually had to think, like, fuck, like what do I want to be remembered for? You know what I mean? Like, what, mm-hmm. what uh, is it? Is like, is it, is it gonna? Do I want to be known as a two white lights guy or as the powerlifting guy? So that's, mm-hmm. th- those are always like interesting questions. But the the way I get happy over someone doing like something business related to the powerlifting, I think I think like people can find a, kind of find where my answer lies 
at a mm-hmm. point. Like that's that's huge. Yeah, it be, because it's like we were saying before. We don't compete as a nine to five. Mm-hmm. However, how could we use our passion for the sport? And it's not even inherently bad either. It's like everybody wants to do something that they're truly passionate about as a source of income. I, I like if you say it's like, oh yeah, I just want to go to work and just like earn a paycheck. You're fucking bullshitting me. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like. If you could do what you genuinely love, enjoy doing, and get a paycheck for it, I think that's that's what everybody wants to do, and that's the goal with me, Ricky, and uh, and Joe. Like, we love the sport; we really want to see it grow. We want to get more heavily involved in the sport so we can make those efforts to make change, um, you know, and earn a little bit of money on the side, which is cool and everything. But, <laughs> but, but of course, the biggest thing for us is actually seeing the sport grow, and we think that we could help with that because you know like texas is huge like you have russ opening his gym meg squats just opened hers in fort worth um you have that one big gym in dallas it's it's like it's like a bermuda triangle of gyms in texas and it's not going to do anything but good stuff for the sport yeah so yeah texas is uh yeah like the kind of the place to be for powerlifting right now Mm -hmm. and it's continuously growing too um that's uh that's that's kind of how I view Texas right now. But yeah, I, I I talk about this with my girlfriend a few times. Like, like I love my job that I currently have, but at the same time, I was saying like, you know, it'd be great. I, I I don't care about a big house. I would just like a nice house in Italy, and I have a powerlifting gym in Italy. Like, cause that, I that's, there's just something about that that sounds so peaceful. I know, right? Like, I was like, I'm not obviously not gonna make a lot of money. I'm not gonna be a millionaire. But if I'm just in, you know. Um, a southern Italian city, just having a powerlifting gym, paying the bills, you know, raising kids, and just like that's my life. Just running that powerlifting gym, when organizing meets in Italy, because I follow a lot of like powerlifters in Italy, and mm-hmm. a lot of powerlifting gyms in Italy, and it's awesome to see. It's cool. It's the coolest thing ever. To me. I don't know why it's so cool to me because when I see how passionate they are, I'm like, I, I know that they don't have the same amount of gyms that we do. I'm like, there's potential here. This is what, you know, it, it could be something big over there, too, because it's a universal. Lifting weights is a universal. It's mm-hmm. people what people are fixated on lifting weights. Like, there's always a population that is, no matter where you're from. So yeah. I think, and of course, you're in Italy, so that's fucking awesome. It's, it's Italy. It's like, <laughs> how, how much more beautiful can you get? But, uh, mm-hmm. and like, that's what I'm like. That would be my dream. Just, you know, maybe I like live in, like, a small house. And somewhere along, like in like Calabria or something, just having mm-hmm. a powerlifting gym. I think that'll be cool. Yeah, but like that. That just sounds fucking awesome, man. That that, yeah. that just see, it's like it's very similar to you when you hear people say that they want to do something. That makes me happy hearing that. Yeah, it it truly does. So, yeah. absolutely. So we've been talking for sixty minutes, man. It's been a fun show. It's been a it's been a very smooth sixty minutes. It has been. Want to, do, want to do some word association to close this thing yeah, off? Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's have some do fun. it. Let's do it. That, this is going to be funny because I'm just – this is going to be me assuming a lot of things. So I'll, I'll start off with the greatest hits. All right. Squat. Russ. Bench. Sean. <laughs> De- deadlift. Angel. <laughs> That's been a common answer now for 83, which I'm happy about, which I'm, which I'm very happy about. Uh, yeah. I remember one episode with Evan. This is how, like, uh, fucking insecure I am. I remember one episode with Evan. We were talking about Russ. And then I'm like, 
and you know, if if Russ has a, like one thing I do know, I have I just have I just have nicer hair than Russ. Like I I'm like I have the ni- I'm like I have nicer hair than Russ. And then Evan's like, yeah, and a better deadlift. And then I'm like, yeah, technically. I'm like, wait, why did I say technically? No, I definitely have a better deadlift than Russ. I'm like, it's not technically speaking, but yeah, it, it's cool though. It's cool that I'm uh, I'm recognized for that. USAPL. Elitists. That's a that's a fair one. You can't you can't say USAPL without thinking of natty elitism. Yeah. But see, I see, I see. I mean, I like as much as, as much as we say we're not elitist, we kind of are. Yeah, there was a great meme. Uh, I forgot who posted it, of like me talking shit about the USA. Uh, verbal memes are terrible, so I'm very sorry to our listeners. When you describe a meme, it's not as funny, obviously. But uh, <laughs> it's like. Me on the internet talking shit about the USAPL, and then when someone else who's not in the USAPL starts sharing their stupid ass non USAPL opinions, <laughs> it's like the guy crying and shit, like and getting angry. <laughs> yeah, and then, then yeah, and it's, I'm like, this could not be more relatable. Like, I I could I could say all the stuff I want about USAPL, but when someone in the USPA or like APF starts talking shit, I'm like, shut your fucking mouth. You guys don't know anything. <laughs> like, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's better than your shitty federation. And then again, that's like a random like, oh okay. I just kind of proved my stereotype right here. Yeah. How about IPF? Oh, money hungry. Yeah. I, guess, I guess that's one word, money hungry. <laughs> yeah, people overthink word association. They're like, oh, I got to think of one word. I'm like, no, you could go into like a whole sizable rant about it. It's fine. But money hungry, I would say that. I would just say like weird every time. It, every time you, yeah. I, every time IPF does something, I'm like, oh, that's weird. It, like, I don't get I, it, but it, it, they're weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, just the, like, the, it's not the respect for the IPF that I lost or anything, but it's, but it's like you said, there's just no better way to say it. There's weird. Yeah. It's, it's like, first comes USAPL for me, then it's like, okay, IPF is there, I guess. Yeah. But, but I'm going to, I'm going to pay more attention to like the French lifters or the British lifters or the Irish lifters or something. It's like, fuck, not so much fuck IPF, but it's like. You're just there. We just we're just under your umbrella. Yeah, pretty much. And like, and you know, another thing is like a lot of us, which is kind of sad to say, but it's not sad, but like uh, kind of a a reality check. Like a lot of us won't ever like experience IPF. You know what I mean? You got to be damn good to experience IPF. So it's like it is just an unreachable mm-hmm. thing. So I sit with like maybe my opinion of them would be different if I was actually like an IPF lifter yeah. if I compete at one of their competitions, which. It's really hard to. Mm-hmm. I love that question, by the way. Why don't you compete IPF? I got that question a lot of times, like when I broke the deadlift uh, unofficial world record. Like, why don't you compete in IPF? I'm like, I think it's because I'm not good enough. <laughs> like, I don't uh, I'm, And they're like, wait, what do you mean? I'm like, you, you got to be like the best lifter in the USAPL to do any IPF meets. And I'm not. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'm like, thanks, man. Thanks for making me say that out loud. <laughs> Like man, why? Do, uh, yeah, I love that. Why? Why don't you do IPF meets? Like I could just do them. Like ah, uh, mm-hmm. guys, I can't just uh, do the IPF meets. I gotta qualify for it. It's hard. It's it's hard too. But yeah, I would say maybe my opinion would change on them if uh, I was uh, lifting there. Um, let's see, deadlift bar. Mm, deadlift bar. Fuck, that's that's a tough one. Meme. Mm. The deadlift bar is a meme. Yeah, I forgot who said it. They called it the meme bar. Meme bar, clout bar, noodle bar. 
and like there's this one Nick Wright video of Sean doing a mock me, and and he's like, it's like, <laughs> like this is a step where I like if if you were competing at any other federation outside of the USAPL, you're a communist, and it's not a sport. Like, yeah. it, it, like it's a commie bar, it's a meme bar. I mean, it's a fun bar. It it's is. like I've lifted on one, you've lifted on one. It's like. I can actually push my deadlift on this. It's like, okay, I could say, like, I deadlifted 700 on a deadlift bar, but I still deadlifted 700 pounds. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, and this is, like, another sign of my, uh, just the uh, growing elitism of a USAPL stiff, like, the stiff bar, because one of my friends uh, was deadlifting with a Texas power bar, which is different from a stiff bar. I would qualify that as a deadlift bar. Um, yeah. So he was. He said something along the lines of, "He's like, I don't know. Maybe I could do a USAPL meet." And I was like, ah. "I'm like, dude. I'm like, that's not. I'm like, you. I'm like that. I'm like that is an Ohio power bar." He's like, "Oh, it's a power bar though." I'm like, "And not all power bars are created equal, man." I'm like, "That bar is a deadlift bar." I'm like, lifting with because I at my home gym I have the the Texas power bar. Mm-hmm. And just the difference between going back into the gym, just with that eight weeks where I was training in my house with that Texas power bar, I'm like, that is a fucking deadlift bar. That thing mm-hmm. is whippy as all hell. The collar on it is big. I get just that like half inch of slack that I need to make my deadlift uh, like five kilos to ten kilos better. Yeah. I mean, and maybe this is where like our elitism will come into play a little bit. And it's like, I, I I know that like this, this is just uh, audio right now, but it's like anybody that's seen my IG, it's like they know I ha- they know I have a fucking elite bar. Yeah. It's like at at this point, I'm like the elite of elitists. Yeah. Um. What, what, but wouldn't wouldn't those be the same? The Ohio's power bar, it's the Ohio uh, power, stiff bar that they use in comp, the twenty kilo it, one. It, it's it's pretty much the same thing. It, honestly, the only reason I bought it is because uh, it was like four hundred dollars off I'm like shit oh like, yeah I, re- I really like the feel of illegal it's like i kind of want to like treat myself well right now but um but like going back to the Texas power bar i think it just like it should just be taken off the list yeah. of approved equipment because and, and ironically enough this is like my best meet to date where i where i totaled seven of seven and a half but um we were warming up and it's like we had the thick ass 45 pound plates the texas power bar and it's like squatting on that it's like oh fuck i just felt something in my back right now and then instantly going to the platform it's like we've got ivanko stuff we've got the opb it's like okay this feels fine but it's just like squatting and deadlifting with that noodle basically it's just it's a meme there's yeah. no better way to put it it's a meme yeah it's 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 a definite yeah but i have i've told people before i'm like not all power bars are uh, created equal just mm-hmm. those texas power bars it's 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 a, it's a different world you know squatting and benching with it but yeah i just i don't understand like you make the same company makes a rogue in ohio power bar why why couldn't they just make everything with a smaller collar everything's bigger in texas yeah i guess that's, that's the only <laughs> thing i was thinking of like I was like, is that the reason why? I'm like, why even make this bar? It's like, I, and I know, I know, I do know Texas uh, comps do occasionally use the Texas power bar. So, um, yeah. I guess it is, it is still competition approved in certain, but I just, I can't see a situation where I'm ever going to use a Texas power bar in comp. I Which I hope one be... day I, I will, because I think I deadlift, my deadlift will be five <laughs> kilos better. It's like, oh, well, just train with the TVB again yeah. at home. But um, I, I think the only reason they still use it is because, like, like raw lifting and, and well, pretty much all lifting. It's like 
you had like Alico and Texas stuff. Yeah. Like you really didn't, you really didn't have any in between. Like sure you had like Ibaco and everything, but all that stuff was very expensive. Meanwhile, you have like a three four hundred dollar barbell that you can just use for competition. So yeah. I think until like Rogue popularized uh, like their OPBs, like it was just everybody was using a Texas power bar or Alico if they could afford it. Mm-hmm. So. All right. How about anime? Joey. Joey. How about Joey? Uh. <laughs> By the way, do you her. like anime? I just guessed that. Oh, I fucking, I fucking All love right. anime. So I is that say... the, is that like a prerequisite for getting coached by Joey? Like if it's like there's a check mark <laughs> no, list, no, and it's like, so, uh, do you not like anime? Like not really, and then they're like, Ugh. see, see, like I, 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 <laughs> I don't know I if I could take you on, man. Uh, see, like, I started under Joey, like, before, like, it was even revealed that it's, like, all power, like, most powerlifters, I'm not, not going to say all, but most powerlifters, they have some sort of appreciation for anime. Yeah. Um, it just happened to be, like, oh, like, okay, we could post about, like, Naruto and Bleach and One Piece and shit and not get flamed for it because deep down inside, everybody's a kid. We all love this stuff. Mm-hmm. But but I could say with confidence, even under being under Joey, even if you like anime, if you like a certain type, he'll give you shit for it. It's like I get shit for it from him all the time. Oh. So it doesn't matter if I like it. Oh, there's a there's an there's an elitism with uh, anime. There's like there's I an elitism with anime. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's surprising. But, one, but the reason I say one of the pillars for the sport is because it, it's very similar to uh, like Johnny's influence mm-hmm. um, on USAPL raw lifting. I, I kind of feel like after uh, 2015 Worlds with Hack and Joey, it's like. Everything just took off even that much more. Yeah. Right? Was it 2015 or 2017? I'm pretty sure it was 2017 or 2016. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not really. I, sure. I, always, I always lose track of that. But 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 uh, basically, hack versus Gibbs, that that world's event. Um, and and honestly, Joey just puts out so much good free information out there too. Um, and it's very simple and easy to follow. He doesn't overcomplicate things. Um, but yeah, I would say pillar. Yeah, I would. I would uh, probably agree with you on that like it was one of those things where he was so well known in the sport when i got involved where it wasn't it was like that uh it was almost like the uh like this wave or like the spectrum where it was like he reaches like this high point where everyone knew him but then like i think i got where he was so popular and had so many lifters i'm like i really just want to beat his lifters now like because of how many (laughs) how many people he's had but like i'm like you got to tell like okay the only reason why you want to do that is because he's created that name. He's almost created. Mm-hmm. He's almost created like the New York Yankees of powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And at first, like the New York Yankees, people love them, you know. And then at a point, it's like they win like too much, and we want now we want to see them lose because of how much they win. So mm-hmm. I think I got into the sport like at that moment, yeah. Where I'm, like, especially with the stable of eighty threes that he had. Like so I'm eighty three, yeah. so I was like, okay, he's got like the four. At some point, they were coached under him or affiliated with him. The four best, in my opinion, USAPL 83 KG lifters ever. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like ever. That you're talking about the goat hack Russ, who's dominant as fuck. Then you know the guy like the second in command Sean. So like it's yeah, that's 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 where I got involved in the sport and just thinking like, hey, do I get coaching from him? Do I want to be another one of those guys? Or be one of the guys who beats those guys. Like, I always thought that would be cooler to me. But, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, 
the amount of flex shirts I see, the, his influence in USAPL, and I and I say he, I, I, I like everything that he does seems like to be like like a big carryover to, um, like everyone else in USAPL, mm-hmm. like oh Marvel, well. Here's here's gonna be a bunch of things with Marvel. Like here's gonna be a bunch of uh, Marvel references from now on. Here's a bunch of anime things. So, yeah. And um, then, and, and I could I could tell that he has a genuine love for the sport too because uh, like if you ever check into one of his Twitch streams, um, like he'll do live programming. So mm-hmm. he'll essentially teach people if they do the video how to and everything. But he 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 genuinely wants to do a ton for the sport. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. All right, I'm. I guess I'm out of words. Out of words here, man. This has been a great interview. Yeah, I I loved this, man. This was cool. Yeah, this is this has been fun, man. I haven't done a show in a while, so that's me. That's like, yeah. When people don't realize like it's hard to do shows without a co-host, and I I kind of find guests. I'm like, I'm about near interviewing everyone in the USAPL and IPF, and like the people in USPA that I wanted to interview. So. Like, for all those people, just a check-in thing. That's why you don't see shows every week now is because I'm so happy that people like, hey, interview, interview Tim. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I will. That yeah. seems like a fun interview. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, have, have you put out a poll or uh, like, just like a, one of those question stickers on Instagram just asking, like, who would you like to see next on the show type thing? Yeah. Because I, I, know, I know that's how uh, we kind of got in contact. So Yeah, I've, I, I've done I, that a few times. And I, I saw before. Uh, I think Nico also wants to do it with you. Yeah, I think that'd be a very cool interview. He, oh. Like he's he's young and upcoming lifter. Yeah, obviously very strong. So, oh yeah, I, and he I was, feel like... yeah, he was another guy who was requested too, and I reached out to him. Come on, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's uh, that's a funny thing. It's like you guys probably don't want to hear the same people every single week, and that's what I was turning <laughs> into. Like Sean is starting to make a lot of reoccurring uh, appearances, but yeah. And this is why it's awesome, because I just had a really awesome interview with you, and then somebody had to, like, reach out, like, hey, let's get these guys on. So, mm-hmm. where, uh, where can people reach you, find you? I'm sure, you know, most people who follow the show probably follow you already, but... Uh, let's see. So, <laughs> I guess it's just my personalized name for most of my social media, just uh, Tim Tipidoe, but if you want to check into Twitch... <laughs> Very reminiscent of Doug Dimadome from Fairly Odd Parents. If you just type in Tim Timadome, you will uh, see me on there. We just shoot the shit. Uh, I just shotgunned a White Claw on stream the other night. I didn't even know I was going to do that. We just we just like to have a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, just rants about random things going on in USAPL, like very similar to the format of this podcast. It's just shooting the shit, having fun, training, and occasional gaming. I try not to do it too much, but yeah, just we just like to have fun there. So yeah, that's that's it for my social media. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast, man. This this was really fun. No problem. I really thoroughly enjoyed myself. We will see you guys hopefully next week with uh, Nico Flores. Peace. <laughs>